after hours. Well, tell me everything is okay and call me Spanky Hannah Hampton. <laughs> How the hell are you today? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I am okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump I feel right like our in. Our younger listeners are not going to know what that is, but that's okay. Just look it up. <laughs> well, they they remade a movie like in the nineties or something. Yeah, like but as well. So the nineties. I mean, yeah, it's true. Oh my gosh, we are getting old. Yeah. All right. I was I was at work the other day and I was talking to somebody about I was how I've been friends with somebody since 1992, and their response was that was the year I was born, and I'm like, yeah, I hate that. <laughs> so, all right. So to all of you out there that think it's cute to tell people that something they brought up was the year you were born. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. We do not like <laughs> that at all. That is mean. It makes us feel bad it about makes ourselves. Feel really bad. Yes. Yeah. I'm not old. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be the reason we go home and cry in our martinis. Yes. Uh, or or I always tell people, you know, uh, some people they used to tell their kids they're the reason why they drink, and then later in life they tell them they're the reason they have to go to so many twelve step meetings. <laughs> Uh, I actually received a little response when we asked people about working with the federal government uh, Mm. in an HR capacity. I didn't really get anyone that was solely in uh, HR functions. Most of them were recruiters. And this one actually is from uh, someone that was a contract recruiter. And they said, hey, Mick and Hannah, uh blah 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 you guys are fabulous nick mick you're so sexy hannah oh you're a lucky girl ha 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 uh anyway <laughs> it comes down to they said i have not had any experience working with higher level government uh employees definitely not something as the level of the president of the united states however what i can tell you uh working with lower level government employees if you have poor social skills mm-hmm. or are incompetent at the task you were hired for, you are typically promoted. <laughs> Getting on and looking at porn was the only thing that they had seen anyone wow. get terminated for. But they said, they said, and I know you think I'm kidding, but really the incompetent people are typically promoted. And what? if it's if part of their incompetency is due to poor social skills, they're typically promoted into a position that limits their interaction with coworkers. So there you go. Interesting. Okay, that's uh, that's fascinating. I um, I have a lot to unpack there, so maybe we can discuss that more in another uh, podcast. I don't, you know what, Hannah? This is one of those things that I don't think I want to know anymore. This Same. is. I don't want to know what's going on behind Maybe the that was me being polite. And I have a lot to unpack there and we'll never revisit it. <laughs> Yet another reason why we avoid politics on this show is because the deeper <laughs> we dive, the more our spirit is broken. Boom. <laughs> so let's go on a different note. What, is, okay. what, uh, what do you got for us today, Hannah Hampton? Well, I was reading my favorite or one of my favorite HR uh, news pages, HR Dive. We love you people at HR Dive. We love HR Dive. We really do. You turned me on to HR Dive. I love HR Dive. It's such a great place to go. So there was a article that I found on there and it was about the body shop, which I feel like everyone should know what the body shop is. It's, It's a... 
kind of a skincare and lotions, candles. It smells amazing when you walk by it at the mall. So it's oh, a, you it's know also, what I'm talking about. I, it's also a strip club in Lafayette, Indiana. I just don't <laughs> ask me how I know that, but go right ahead. Different okay. body shop. That would, yes. that would be an entirely different story, but go right ahead. Yeah, so it's a cosmetics retailer, I guess is a good way to put it. Or that's how they put it in the HR Dive article. So what they are doing is they are implementing what is called an open hiring model. So they're trying to fill positions within their retail stores. And they basically under the model, and this is straight from HR Dive, job openings will be filled on a first come first served basis by any applicant who meets the basic requirements. And the body shop will not conduct background checks or drug screens, but will ask candidates if they're authorized, authorized to work in the US can lift over 50 pounds and stand up for eight hours. So that is what they're doing. They said, you know, and before we start talking about it, I just want to give you the full background. They said that they found this technique by this company called the Grace uh, Grayston Organization, and they have used this model to fill positions at their bakery business since 1982. So the body shop uh, connected with the Grayston company and helped them create a pilot program to use so they could pilot it before they expand to other stores. So basically think about it like this, open hiring, people can apply, they get asked those three questions, are you authorized to work in the US, can lift over 50 pounds and stand for eight hours, no background check, no drug screening. And that's what they're doing. And we can dig more into the article, but that's the that's step one. That's the overview of what's happening. Mick, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, it's a little bit of a head scratcher and not in a what are they thinking kind of way in a, well, let's figure out what they're thinking kind mm-hmm. of way. Well, let me, do you want me to tell you that, what they're thinking? <laughs> sure, tell me what, because here's my question. Yes. And you, you're done a little more on this than I have. So the big question for me is, is this out of desperation Mm. because of the labor market or is this really forward and progressive thinking and is this the utilization or setting in a a culture of inclusivity? Sure. Well, it's actually that actually is answered in the article. So the body shop is one of the original global activist brands. And this was. I don't know if it's if it's their general manager. So their U.S. general manager, Andrea Blyden. So Andrea Blyden said the body shop is one of the original global activist brands. And because of this, we aren't just implementing our open hiring model out of a need to hire more people. So not desperation, but rather because we are concerned about the level of inequality and exclusion in society. And we want to set an example for other brands on how to be fairer. So they're outright saying, like, it's not just about hiring more people, which, hey, they need to hire people. And we know it's really difficult to hire people in retail. But they're sta- they're saying that it's to help stop inequality and exclusion that is in our society today. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I've had a little bit of experience with that uh, when I wanted to learn logistics. And I mm-hmm. did a stint there. And that was an obstacle for a lot of fulfillment center uh, workers or people that wanted to get jobs as they did. You know, we saw a lot of people that had less than clear uh, or pristine backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something I looked at a little bit. And I did find, 
I knew I when I had some flexibility, I utilized it when it was the yeah. right candidate. When I knew I couldn't, when it was something that I I knew I just couldn't push the person through the system, even with the, you know the Mick Danzig ringing seal of approval, I would. There was a website that was a local website to that area that would actually tell you companies that would hire mm-hmm. previously convicted felons. It was something I had found on the local news in that area and was very quick to get the information and be able to give it out to people that I couldn't help that I thought, you know, were sincere in what they were trying to do. You know, so that in th- in that case, there's got to be some flexibility on backgrounds right now right. because our entire legal system is in a transition with overturning convictions due to drugs, you know, right. uh, just think drugs that are becoming legal. We're now revisiting, you know, who should be released from jail. And, and there's some Do you other think things about going before on. the mandatory minimums that went along with drug convictions. And then now these drugs are legal. So, yeah, there's a lot that, that the legal system has to look into, take into consideration. And certainly that's the that's one of the purposes of this model is to ensure to, to help uh, get, you know, convicted felons or people who were incarcerated back to work. And, you know, some of the things that have been implemented in the past, we all know, I, I live in a state that has the ban the box where you can't uh, ask about criminal history on applications. Now, there's still parts of the process we are asking about it. But, you know, I feel like it's a start to help getting individuals back to work because that is one of the biggest struggles of somebody who's did their time for whatever crime that was committed and now they're struggling to get back to work and that is probably you know that is one of the hardest things for someone is if if people are doing background checks and uh, using that as a reason not to hire somebody it's so difficult to get back in the workplace and the purpose of this is to people get back to people for people to get back to work yeah it's so tricky though i mean it's like there are these two parallel stories running mm-hmm. here this great positive movement. And then there's the other side that, uh, you know, is running alongside it. That is just, I feel like it's a, an NFL referee just throwing up yellow flags right. as they run along because there are so many things. The fact that they're not running any background checks, that's almost irresponsible. Uh, well, I guess, especially, I mean, in, in a retail space, you're, you're working with money and I remember back in the day when I did HR in, uh, you know, the restaurant retail hospitality sector, that was part of it was you were looking for somebody who didn't have any convictions with theft because it was all about, you know, trying to avoid negligent hiring. And I'd say theft is one and then any type of assault where, hey, if you hired somebody who was who convicted of assault and then they assault somebody in your building, you would be held responsible because, you hired them knowing that this is somebody who's got that history. So it's, you know, dealing with, you know, the, the quote unquote negligent hiring. But, you know, I think people on the flip side would say, hey, somebody, you know, they did their time, they paid their price, and now they just want to get back to work. So it's just finding that right balance. The balance, that's it. And not running any background check at all to me seems a little too. I don't want to use the word forgiving because I want to be forgiving, but it, to me, it seems dangerous because like you said, I feel like you should always have 
at least some sort of uh, hiring matrix Mm -hmm. when it comes to what's going to come up on a background. And there's all kinds of things you can do. And you and I have both worked in companies where we've had a yes, no, maybe list. And then aging comes into play. How old is the offense? Violent versus nonviolence, the big one. And then, of course, being a retail company, theft. If you were, if they were to put this story out and say, be a little more specific and say, you know, recent violent acts or theft are the only things that are going to DQ someone, I would feel a lot better about this story. Here's what it comes down to. And maybe I watch too much Law and Order and Discovery (laughs) and things like that. But if you have someone that has had a violent background, it is a challenge for them and to disassociate themselves from the people that they were active in these illegal activities with. And so I don't want to work with someone that's going to have their non-conformed you know, violent buddy come in unwantedly by them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, Sasha, how's it going? Long time no see. What time are you closing up tonight? Oh, you just closing with the one guy over there? Cool. I'll be back. You know, I'd be like so out of there. So I think that that's where it's dangerous. I just think that they're also possibly limiting their talent pool because of people that don't necessarily want to work with people that have had some sort of violent uh, prosecution or, or, you know, committed and been uh, found guilty of a violent crime. So that to me is where it's I think it's going a little too far. And that's right where you said balance. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about this a lot lately, it seems, but you got to find a happy middle, but you've got to protect your people. And but I feel like they're not protecting their coworkers there. One of the things that I thought about outside of violent, like anybody outside of hiring somebody with a criminal history, like let's if I threw that out of this discussion, I think part of it, too, one of the things I used to tell store managers was, hey, you're in charge of the hiring for your store. You build your team. So you, you know, obviously following uh, the correct hiring process, but you get to select your team. And I feel like this takes some of that ownership away from the manager. So how do you build a culture, a work culture that is uh, conducive to a successful team uh, following this model. And, 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 you know, I feel like there is a lot more research that I would need to do to learn about how they do this. Is it, are people interviewed or is it just asking those three questions? But I wonder like, how, how does it look? Are, are the, are, are you hiring people who want to stay? Are you hiring people who, you know, are job hoppers? What does retention look like? And what does engagement look like for individuals? So I think that those are all things that I, I want to learn a little bit more about because you think about when you get to select your team, you're going to try to find people who are have a great enthusiastic attitude, who are going to deal with customers with a positive spin, who have that customer service, I guess, style and are able to deal with what can be fr- a frustrating world. Like retail is very difficult you deal with different personalities. Uh, customers are all of, you know, have different personalities and, and you have to be able to deal with that. So I wonder a little bit about how that works in a, a, a job that has such a customer service spin to it. So are you able to hire people who have that personality, have that ability, or are you just banking on the fact like, hey, somebody who hates customers 
isn't going to apply for a job. I don't know. It's, it's there's. I feel like there's a lot that goes into it, and I need to dig a little bit more outside of just the two articles I read about it. You know, kind of going along from the, let's say, the store manager, or mm-hmm. store, from their perspective, something that I have seen increase in activity, and I've had people actually ask me how to deal with it before, there seems to be this increase. And you and I have had have had similar experiences to what I'm about to cite maybe once every couple of years. I did have a particular uh, company I worked for where this did, I actually dealt with this almost weekly. Potential associates, when you tell them you're not moving forward with them, Mm -hmm. some of them will very boldly come in and ask you, why didn't you hire me? Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you're the body shop store manager. You've had a few people that, you know, as this hiring policy becomes more and more public, people are going to say, hey, if you're having a hard job, hard time finding a job because of you're a felon, go apply at the body shop. The manager is turning you down and then you go in. Why, you know, and I've seen it escalate. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I've even had hiring managers tell me, that their stores hiring practices against felons has actually, they've used that as a get out of the conversation, Mm. you know, it's like, Hey, I'm sorry. My hands are tied. It's not me. They're not going to have that here. And you tell someone, well, Hey, I'm not hiring right now. You know, I just filled the position and then they get on one of the job boards and see that you are hiring They will. There are people that will walk right in during business hours, walk up and ask for you and say, hey, I thought you weren't hiring. I've applied a couple times. I've talked to you once. I saw that you still have a posting on Indeed and it can escalate. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So now you've got got this segment of the market that you don't see as consistently because it's a broad market. And now you're targeting that market. I actually, so I am, while you're, you know, kind of giving that example, I looked at a different article about the body shop and they were talking about retention. You know, I I asked about that, like, hey, hiring people, they said, so they implemented this model for their distribution center. So not in the stores, but people in the distribution center. And they said, so they looked at rates in November and December prior to them implementing this. Their turnover rates were 38% in November and 43% in December. In 2019, after they began using the open hiring, it decreased to 14% in November and 16% in December. And so they only had to work with one temp agency at that time rather than the three they had normally used. So basically they said that the supervisors were being told by their, their staff, they're like, I've been struggling to find a job. This is one of the only place, or this is the only place that would hire me. I'm not going to mess this up. So basically, they're saying when you give somebody access to something they're struggling to find, they're going to work hard to keep it. So this has helped them with retention because these are people who feel like this is my one shot to keep employment. So they are sticking around. So I, you know, I brought up the point like, hey, I, I, I wonder how this will work on retention. In the distribution centers, this is this helped them with retention because people took this as this is my one shot. I'm not going to mess it up, and that's to me that is the whole purpose of the getting people back to work after being incarcerated or whatever it might be. This kind of proves the point that it's working. Well, a distribution center is typically a well secured building. 
yes. that has a key entry system with your badges, that has security, metal detectors. I would feel much safer being in that okay. environment with this background. The retail stores or anywhere where it's me and two or three people at the most at a time working. And you're dealing with cash registers and Cash money. registers. That, that would concern me. Yes, with a distribution center, most of them do have multiple security checkpoints, metal detectors, lockers that you can't, I mean, you can't even take your cell phones out onto the floor. That kind of controlled environment, I think this is much less risky mm-hmm. than the actual retail center where anyone can just walk right in. Right, right. So I think that's, you know, maybe that that is is a good point to bring. Like this might be a really great way to staff up distribution centers, which I, I know that you've got experience in hiring for distro centers. I, as well, uh, in the retail world, uh, had a piece of my you know, HR world was helping a distribution center and helping my HR team there. But I remember staffing and retention, that was really difficult in the distribution center. And the fact that their retention rates, the turnover rates dropped so low and the retention rates went high. I'm like, that's Man, I feel like maybe they're onto something. <laughs> In and, that environment, I would agree. I think yeah. so because you're absolutely right. Because the turnover is so high. Because typically, when you get one of those distribution centers, then they build more and more in that area. They typically yes. take these semi-rural areas that are just on the outskirts of large cities. Right. They build these eighty thousand square foot uh, centers. And typically that's that's where you do have a huge staffing issue or not mm-hmm. enough. Uh, I mean, uh, some of those companies use uh, their own busing systems or actually work with the local government to get their centers added to the bus lines. And then that sure. is where this type of uh, staffing model could be beneficial. So I do think that's a great segment for it. But I would not want to be a retailer restaurant manager with the same hiring practices. So it just depends. I think there's a good environments that uh, safe, secured environments with the right security checkpoints, et cetera, and policies where you can't take things beyond each checkpoint. I think this is very enforceable and doable. Mm-hmm. But don't I'm I'm not going to let my 20 year old daughter work at their retail shop and close it at 10 p.m. at night with this policy in place. Sure, sure. I you know I you know looking at this. Gosh, I think about what are some other things that companies can do to engage folks along with retain them. And I mean, that I feel like that retent, the turnover rate dropping that much is, is, is substantial and that's really exciting. And I think if you add an additional piece of paying people fairly and uh, pay, paying a really a decent living wage or a good wage is another way to help drop that turnover and those are ways that companies in, in these positions, because like historically, yes, I feel like restaurant retail has high turnover rates. I think distribution centers, high turnover rates, especially if you live in a in a place where there's multiple restaurants, most, multiple retail, multiple distro centers, where the person, okay, they lose this job, they can go to the next place because everyone is desperate for hiring, so they're going to be able to find another job. But if you are giving people chances and paying them fairly, you're going to retain those people. And of course... Lots of other things to to that go along with that, including making sure that it's a great, safe work environment, making sure that people are, 
you know, working appropriate hours. There's lots that goes into it, but I feel like, especially in the distribution center world, this is, this is something that people should be looking at and considering for their companies. I would agree on that one. So you've swayed me a little bit. I think we've kind of found a niche where we definitely think this is executable. Mm-hmm. But going back to what you just said, you've still got to treat them well. You got to right. pay them well, treat them well, make sure that you're helping you know, keep them engaged, that you're acknowledging their successes. You should be treating this person, no matter what their background is, right. the exact same as you would treat someone that is home from college working. So if you're not executing a uh, great company culture of inclusivity, right? Don't act like you're Mm -hmm. doing them a favor by hiring them. Exactly. Then you absolutely could make this business model work. And maybe that's what they're doing. That's keeping the, uh, the retention rate where it is and turning over uh, less people. So you lower that attrition, which means you increase productivity because you got people that actually are acclimated to the job and the pace of it. You're not slowing down to deal with, you know, transitioning your new hires so you can hit your pick pack rates, all those things. Then we could see a huge success story here. So it sounds like they are doing the right things and they're treating their people well. And at the end of the day, once you get them on board, no matter where you find them, you create that great company culture you know, retention equals stability equals better performance equals better throughput equals better sales and better profit. Absolutely. So once again, another reason why I lost my cool when they said HR is in a conflict or at a crossroads. <laughs> can we be can we be an advocate for people and the business? We just showed you we can't. On <laughs> Good job, Hannah. Great story, and uh, thanks. I like I like the way you spun it, and uh, so yeah. Now I'm on board. We'll keep an eye on this one for everyone.